You've all heard the saying, there is no I in team. Well, that's partly correct. But we each bring a unique perspective and experience when working as a team. So it can be viewed as a collective group of eyes that work together to build a team of success. Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks. How to get it just right. With host Dr. Cass Henry. In today's program, we'll uncover the tools of team success in order to achieve winning results. Now, here is Dr. Cass Henry. Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. I'm Dr. Cass Henry, and it is indeed an honor to be spending the next hour with you. Leadership starts with leading self and then evolves to leading others. From there, it progresses to leading organizations, nations, and civil society. The wellspring of all of this is understanding self and empowering self, to serve others and through that service, empower others. Leading others is not a pursuit with ego or self-centeredness, but a humble journey of helping others by shaping consensus and leading from behind. Building on the previous weeks, we now seek to understand how best to prime the pump of ongoing learning and thinking, to best lead others with the humility of one who embraces service. A servant leader walks at the back, leading from behind, allowing others to ennoble while making sure to leave no one behind. These leaders know to say thank you at the end of a successful milestone and share the success with others who follow them without taking credit all by themselves. A servant leader is ethical, understands the greater good, and shapes the path of the journey they share with many. Keen observers of humanity, leaders are deeply self-aware, embodying high emotional quotient. The English philosopher John Locke eloquently said, reading furnishes the mind only with the material for knowledge. It is thinking that makes what we read ours. In today's episode, Leadership Wisdom, Conversation with a Servant Leader, we are going to read excerpts from a book on leadership and then engage in active dialogue to think, apply, and explore ways to act as leaders. To help me with this empowering process is a well-respected servant leader and the author of the book, Leadership Wisdom, Lessons from Poetry, Prose, and Curious Verses, Bob Fenrick. Bob, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Cass. What a humbling and beautiful introduction. Thank you, dear. I am so, so honored to have you on the show because your book, continues to inspire me. I use it in the classroom, and it is something that I go back to, and reading your book brought back so much memories for me of the things I read growing up, so I cannot thank you enough for making the time to come on the show and share your journey and your experience with me and my listeners. Thank you so much. Well, you're more than welcome, Cass. I'm really looking forward to the next hour with you. Beautiful. So what I would like to do is actually uh, have you paint a picture of your own journey towards becoming a servant leader and 
what triggered that journey for you, how you got there, and how you transformed as part of that process? Well, it goes back many years ago to when I was in high school and met my dear wife then of many years. Uh, and, and I happened to be the captain of the football team, and it put me in a leadership position. And okay. I suddenly got hooked on leadership, Cass, and I was really hungry to learn how to become a better leader. And I went to college, and I went uh-huh. to graduate school, and I got my MBA. And the leadership model that um, was prevalent back in those days was uh-huh. be in charge, be in control, be in command, have That's all true. the answers, uh-huh. you know, never let people see you sweat. And so I began to lead that way, and it really wasn't very effective. I had some interesting assignments, but I ended up, uh-huh. when I was in my early 30s, working for an entrepreneur, a Polish couple, Jan okay. and Olga Erdezak. And he gave me, this is back decades ago, some pamphlets written by an executive uh, who had spent 40 years at AT&T, most of it's uh, studying, researching, management, and leadership. And his okay. name was Robert Greenleaf. And the pamphlet that I remember so well said, had the title, The Servant as Leader. And I read it, Cass, and it was like a mind flip for me. It said basically the only Mm -hmm. people, the only people who can determine whether you are a leader are those who willingly follow you, not those Mm -hmm. who begrudgingly comply with your orders or your edicts, but Mm -hmm. those who willingly follow you. And why would people willingly follow me or you? Because they believe we serve them. It was Mm -hmm. a mind flip. It was not about me and my ego and being in charge. It was about saying it's all about them. That began uh, the servant leadership journey, which, which frankly, Cass, continues to this day. I know. And isn't that a freeing process, too? Because I was lucky I grew up in a slightly different part of the world with a slightly different generation of people. But I, too, had to go through my own journey to get there. And it is, I found it very freeing, very liberating, that I don't have to control everything and things do fall into place. Absolutely. I learned the hard way over the years, control is an illusion and we really just have Mm -hmm. to have the right mindset, have the right attitude, have the right heart, have the right heart inside to Mm -hmm. say it's not about me, it's all about them and and I'm really trying to help them get into a better place. Uh, I'm glad you say that with all your executive experience because I remember when I started my career, everybody kept telling me, I need to be more controlling, more aggressive. Uh-huh. And I kept telling at the interviews, can you look at my hair? God gave me this hair to remind me I control nothing, right? <laughs> it was meant to be tongue-in-cheek, but also to make a point. And a lot of people had a hard time getting what that meant. Well, when Stephen M. R. Covey uh, wrote a testimonial to the book we're going to talk about, he said, mm-hmm. leadership is not an exact science, but an evolving, ongoing quest to find humanity at its best. And that's really what it's all about. Leaders help humanity find a better place where we can all be at our best. And isn't that a very simplistic idea and yet a beautiful way to approach life? 
I wish I wish we could actually sh- have this book mandatory for everybody who enters politics as well. <laughs> oh, let's not go there today. That'll be another show, my friend. <laughs> oh, that might require drinks and therapy at the same time. <laughs> so my, my, as we build on this conversation, um, help me understand what led you to actually writing this book because you have spent a lot of time gathering meaningful prose and poetry and curious verses and then applied some of your lessons learned and then you've given some guiding action steps to people. So it didn't come in a vacuum. What was the process that got you there and what made you want to write this? Well, people ask me, Bob, how long did it take you to write this last book? This is my second book. I said, it's taken me my whole lifetime (laughs) because I began reading poetry and great literature uh, back in my teens. And, And I just love the wonderful lessons that are there. So I went through... 30 years in business. I was the CEO of five different companies. Mm-hmm. I co-authored with my son, uh, Greg, uh, Triple Crown Leadership, building excellent ethical and enduring organizations. I've taught leadership. I'm still a student of leadership. But I realized there's so much wisdom going back 2,000 plus years and over the centuries right up to the current day from the great poets and, and speakers and writers of the ages that many people are aren't reading today or aren't aware of. So I began to assemble quotes from the Mm -hmm. great uh, masters of literature, the poets and the writers and speakers, and it just evolved into this wonderful compendium of quotes and then my analysis of them, and then more importantly for the reader, practical applications. As you read this from Shakespeare or Robert Frost or Mm -hmm. Emily Dickinson, what does it mean to you today as you're leading as a young person or as an emerging leader today? So that that was the genesis of the book, Cass. Okay, th- that that's very, very interesting and very insightful for me to know what led you there. And you're right. These are ageless, right? Timeless. It doesn't belong Timeless. just in the time it was wrote, but it's going to be enduring forever. It's going to outlive us. And Absolutely. the message it embodies is going to outlive us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. So as I am w- reading this book and as I'm figuring out h- how best to have this show... I think the best way we're going to handle this is we're going to take, uh, you have the book set up in three different sections. One is leading self, second is leading others, and the third is leaving a legacy. So what I would like to do is take your favorite uh, section from each of these three segments in order and have you read it with your emotions and how it affects you. And then let's have a conversation of how this applies to life, what, are, what has it taught us, and how it can help other people as they think of leading themselves, leading others. And ultimately, we all want to leave this place a little better than we found it, right? So exactly. as part of leaving a, leaving a legacy, what that looks like. Is that something that we can do over the next three segments? Well, it's fine, but I've got over 70 passages here. How do I pick three of my favorite children out of 71? I know, I know. <laughs> but I'll pick, I'll pick some that will give your guests on, or, or your audience on the show a flavor for each of the three sections that you kindly mentioned. Of course, let's do that. 
Okay, okay. So the first section we're going to cover is leading self, but I don't think we have enough time before we go to a break for you to read it. So what I would like to do as we are going to break is take a minute or so and explain to the audience why leading self is important. That way we kind of set up the conversation and setting up the read. Well, it goes back to what we started with with servant leadership. I personally think that the biggest threat to being a good leader is the ego. The ego just runs amok, especially as you develop as a leader. You start breathing your own vapor. People whisper in your ear how wonderful you are, and mm-hmm. you suddenly get carried away. And so one really has to have a heart. One really has to have an attitude of serving other people, of getting out of your ego, out of control, as we spoke about before. So you mm-hmm. can't really become a leader. You can't even start this journey until you begin to lead yourself well. Mm-hmm. So it comes down to if we are going to leave others, we lead others, we are going to have it inside ourselves, right? So if I don't have it, I can't give it to anybody else. And therefore, I need to find myself, find who I am, and then harness that and become true to myself. And in that process, become an authentic person that other people are willing to follow us. Good leadership starts inside first. You know, let's mm-hmm. not start saying, how can I be a better strategist or a better speaker or stand taller or look cooler? Let's not start with that. Let's start with who am I as a person? Am I authentic? What's my purpose? What are my personal values? You know, mm-hmm. a- am I going to really try to serve others? Then I can begin to emerge as a leader. Mm-hmm. And as you said earlier, as I find my authentic self, and I start doing things the right way for the right reason, congruent with my purpose, then other people will see it and start following me, right? And it's not something I give myself a title for. It doesn't come from a position of authority or power. It comes from a position of influence. And that is the That was a beautiful setup you did as we started. So with that in mind, we're going to go to break, come back, and we're going to pick up the passage or the prose you want to read and take it from there. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com If you are looking for an outstanding keynote speaker, look no further than Dr. Cass Henry. Cass is available to speak to your company. She also offers organizational leadership development seminars and workshops. These seminars can integrate learning and development, customer service, processes and financial growth. Positive, motivated employees care about their customers and work products. Visit CassHenry.com or follow Dr. Cass Henry on Facebook that's kashenry.com for more information. Organizational training does not have to be a difficult job. Visit Dr. Cass Henry's site to find out more about her organizational training curriculum development and global organizational training webinars. These informative webinars cover leadership development, career path and succession planning, financial performance improvement and change management, and corporate finance. For more information, please visit CassHenry.com and follow Cass Henry on Facebook. 
That's KASHenry.com. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks. How to get it just right. To reach Dr. Cass Henry or her guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Henry at hotmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Unleashia and I call the Lux, how to get it just right. Bob, welcome back to the show. I would Thank love you. for you to go ahead and read the section you have chosen for leading self. I cannot wait to see what you're going to read. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to read you uh, a poem uh, written by Jackson Kittert, who's a very elusive author about mm-hmm. whom very little is known. He's believed to have died in 1901, so over 100 years ago. It's seven wow. Seven brief lines, but it really uh, speaks to leading yourself, getting control of yourself. It's called teaching you. Anything that annoys you is for teaching you patience. Anyone who abandons you is for teaching you to stand up on your own two feet. Anything that angers you is for teaching you forgiveness and compassion. Anything that has power over you is for teaching you how to take your power back. Anything you hate is for teaching you unconditional love. Anything you fear is for teaching you courage to overcome your fear. Anything you can't control is for teaching you how to let go and trust the universe. What a beautiful passage. Trust the universe. It's a lesson that is worth learning for everybody sooner rather than later. So what what about this captures your imagination and what made you choose this in terms of leading self? Well, early in life I was impatient. I was mm-hmm. quick to anger. I, I, I was anxious to have power over people. There were people I didn't like. I had fears. I was trying to control things. I went mm-hmm. through these emotions. And, and I would imagine that some of your listeners uh, are going through some of this. When, mm-hmm. I, when I read this poem to other audiences, and I happen to know some of the people in the audience, I know a woman who went through a very painful divorce. She felt abandoned. And I looked right in her eyes when I read that. Anyone aban- who abandons you is for teaching you to stand up in your own two feet. And she smiled like, yes, Bob, that's what I want to do. So it's so easy with all the trials and tribulations of today's world to let our Mm -hmm. emotions run over us. And we really have to step back and say, as the observer, what's the lesson here? How can I learn Mm -hmm. patience? How can I uh, learn forgiveness, compassion, unconditional love? Uh, That's why I thought it was such a powerful poem. 
it is very powerful and also at different stages in our lives as we read this, it gives us different meaning and truly, I think, helps us understand how to better deal with the cards we are dealt at that moment. To me, it is seven lines that are going to evolve with our lives and give meaning in the right time, in the right way. So it's not something you read and put away, but you go back and read when you want to make sense of what's going on around you. Absolutely. That's why even though it's 100 years old, it's very relevant today. Some of the passages I quote in Leadership Wisdom here are more than 2,000 years old, and wow. some, are, some are 10 years old, but, they're, mm-hmm. but they have such timeless meaning for us, uh, Cass, mm-hmm. yes. So I'm glad you like Teaching You by Jackson Kiddard. Yes. It, and what I am sitting here thinking is in the business world, while... Uh, You painted a picture of what it was like when you started. There are still quite a few people, a good number of people, leading through indivination and fear because they are all about micromanaging and controlling and using their authority and position of power to accomplish things as opposed to influencing people and leading people. I always say there's a difference between being a boss and a leader, right? Absolutely. So a lot of people think being a leader means being a boss. And so they are emotional, they are reactionary. I once had a um, co-worker who was a senior level uh, executive uh, in one of the companies I worked for, and he would get so emotional, he would take the stapler machine and throw it at his stuff. Oh, my God. So it's like... If, uh, b- when he goes for lunch, people remove everything from his desk if they have a meeting with him, right? Mm. <laughs> so it, it brings into question a whole host of other risks in the workplace. But how can people stop getting emotional about everything? Emotional intelligence is good, but emotional reaction is not. How do they take that reaction and harness it into intelligence? Well, that's the practical application that I have uh, on the page following this particular uh, quote, because we're all going to have emotions. We're going to have happiness. We're going to have fear. We're going to have anger. I I mean, I was angry for many years. My father was an angry person. I learned to be impatient. And uh, and you have to realize those, those emotions are natural, but you can't let the emotion run you. So when you encounter anger or a feeling of abandonment or hate or fear or something like that, you really have to learn to take a deep breath, to count to ten, to pause, to go into your observer mind and observe yourself and say, I'm not going to let this anger, I'm not going to let this fear run me. And then you will immediately take control of it. So it's not so much uh, the, the action that was done upon you, it's how you react to it that is critical. So mm-hmm. you can practice your self-control to go into your observer mind. And the more you practice this cast, the better you will get with it. And so that's what you have to do. Recognize the emotion is natural, but it won't mm-hmm. run you. You can take control of it and and and. and operate at a whole different mindset. What a beautiful, beautiful advice. Thank you so much for that, Bob. And I can understand harnessing that emotion in a positive way and then 
applying that with a logical framework to lead other people is far more powerful than emotionally reacting or lashing out. And we, we've all gone through that, right? We exactly. all come through uh, experiences uh, with these kind of uh, situations. And then we learn what not to do, right? Bad situations are always good teachers. Exactly. And so that lays a very, very firm foundation for a nugget of what one needs to know to lead themselves. Good. So let's move on to leading others. What is your choice? I, I know I'm making you choose between all your lo- lovely kids, right? <laughs> My children. Children. <laughs> but, uh, indulge me here. And if you were to pick one and read for leading others, go well, ahead I'll, and make I will. I, I will pick Distrust Appearances by C.J. Dennis. It's a little longer poem, so maybe if you don't mind, I'll, I'll read the three stanzas of the poem because they're very powerful. And, oh, yes, and then, please and, do. And, and then we may have to go to break, and we'll come back afterwards, and, and we can dive into it, okay? Is that all right with Definitely. you, Definitely. Definitely. Go ahead. All right, all right great. This is uh, from C.J. Dennis, an Australian uh, poet, uh, who when he died at the age of 61, the Australian prime minister suggested that he was destined to become the Australian Robert Burns. I can't do justice to the accent, but I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll try and give you the emotion here. This okay. is all about being judgmental. The theme we'll talk about is being judgmental. He came into the bird shop where I stood, a hulking giant, monumental, grim, a paragon of muscular manhood. What is sold here, I thought, that could serve him? His heavy brow, his great protruding jaw, spoke brooding truculence. He wore no vest, and where his shirt flared one side, I saw the matted hair upon his chest. I thought of boxers, Gog, Carnera, Hercules, as he stood by me, breathing like a gale. What can he want, I wondered, amid all these pet dogs, birds, goldfish, offered here for sale? Bulldogs, at least. The parrots watched him tense. The yelping pups grew still to see him pass. All sensed his presence, dominant, immense. Even the goldfish goggled through their glass. He scared me. Hastily, I made my choice and paid my cash, yet lingered by the door, longing to hear the thunder of that voice rumble and break into a sudden roar, longing to know amongst these playful folk, pups, parrots, lovebirds, what could be his need, sharks, panthers? Then his piping treble spoke, Please, miss, three pennies worth of canary seed. Wow. That (laughs) truly (laughs) makes you think, doesn't it? Three pennies worth of canary Canary seed. seed. And Uh yet, yet he was judged by his appearance. And unfortunately, it happens every day, everywhere, doesn't it? It does. And we live at a day and age where everybody wants to fit everybody in neat little boxes. And then they have rules for dealing with every box. So they want to take that box and deal with the rules. And when they can't fit people in the box, God help them. And we we do have a few minutes before we go to break. So we can start having this conversation about what are, what is the major lesson here you want our audience to take? Well, Cass, 
um, I don't want to jump to the conclusion that mm-hmm. leaders should not make judgments. Uh, so let's start there. Mm-hmm. Leadership involves making judgments. We make a yes. judgment about mm-hmm. a candidate. Should we hire this person or not? Mm-hmm. We make a judgment about um, a tactical decision we're going to make. Should I do mm-hmm. this or should I do that? So leadership is all about judgments. And um, if you read what's published in the Bible, Matthew 7, uh, verses 1 to 3, judge not, uh, that, uh, judge not that ye not be judged, you have to read further and, and see that uh, Jesus said there that you... you, you you can't abhor the mote in your brother's eye, the, the uh, small sliver, and ignore the beam in your own eye. So, mm-hmm. so, so you do have to make some judgments. The issue here is about being judgmental. I judge mm-hmm. you on unfair criteria, on your skin color, on your accent, mm-hmm. on your height, on your education. Uh, on your background, you come to a conclusion about someone based on insufficient evidence. In this particular poem from C.J. Mm-hmm. Dennis, this person was being judged based on his appearance with no other information, and it was totally wrong. But the the words are so powerful. Goldfish goggling through their glass. I know, I, I know. So he paints a beautiful that. picture of yeah. this huge person. And it's so easy for judgmental people to make the conclusion that he's going to be a mean, hard person, right? Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And with that thought, we're going to go into break, come back, and we're going to continue this conversation because there are a few things I do want to explore with you around the difference between being judgmental and judging to make a decision. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. If you are looking for an outstanding keynote speaker, look no further than Dr. Cass Henry. Cass is available to speak to your company. She also offers organizational leadership development seminars and workshops. These seminars can integrate learning and development, customer service, processes, and financial growth. Positive, motivated employees care about their customers and work products. Visit CassHenry.com or follow Dr. Cass Henry on Facebook. That's K-A-S-Henry.com for more information. Organizational training does not have to be a difficult job. Visit Dr. Cass Henry's site to find out more about her organizational training curriculum development and global organizational training webinars. These informative webinars cover leadership development, career path and succession planning, financial performance improvement and change management, and corporate finance. For more information, please visit CassHenry.com and follow Cass Henry on Facebook. That's K-A-S-Henry.com. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Live up to your fullest potential. 
This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You're listening to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks. How to get it just right. To reach Dr. Cass Henry or her guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Henry at hotmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. Bob, I am so excited to bring you back on to the segment to continue our conversation on appearances and how appearances can be deceiving. And you were talking about the difference between being judgmental and having the ability to make decisions based on fact-based decisions and judgments. So I will let you continue that thought. Yes. And that's an important distinction because I've heard many people talk about we, we can't judge others. Who are we to judge others? Well, the real world that I've lived in as, uh, as the CEO of five different companies tells me that leaders have to make judgments. We have mm-hmm. to decide on people. We have to decide on strategies. We have to decide how to react there. It's about not being fact-based. You said the key words. It's about being judgmental. You know, you pull up on the freeway exit and you see somebody standing with a sign there, homeless, and they're begging, and you make a judgment, you know, why can't they get a job, or what's wrong with this, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And we don't really know their stories. We don't really Mm -hmm. know what put them there. Was it mental illness? Was it some kind of terrible uh, event in their life? So, so... Um, let's acknowledge that leaders must make judgments. They must make decisions and be accountable for those. But mm-hmm. let's not be judgmental about things on, uh, on superficial appearances as this man in the bird shop uh, was of the great hulking other customers there. One of the best ways I've found to learn about people is to mm-hmm. ask them to, to uh, tell me their story. You know, mm-hmm. Cass, everybody has a story, and we all do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and so I frequently when I meet when I meet someone, I say, you know, I really would like to know your story. Go, you know, go back to where you're from, your parents, your siblings. You know, walk me up through the story of your life because I'm really interested in in knowing about you. And and that may take five minutes or thirty minutes. But it's always so revealing, and it's not just, well, I work at the bank, and I'm a vice president, and you know, yeah. I live over yeah. here in Lakewood, you know. Yeah. No, I want to hear your story. And, yeah. and, so, and so I say, I'm, I'm absolutely willing to tell you my story. So I go back to where I was born and raised and meeting my wife in high school and my journey through business and writing my books and teaching and the times I've been humbled. I've been fired twice in my life. You know, and, 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 and that was a huge lesson for me going through the crucibles of life. And I've been hired oh, yes. and promoted many, many times. What did, what did I learn? So I tell my story, and all of a sudden, Cass, we're really connected at the heart level. Yes. So that's, that's how you avoid being judgmental, being connected at the heart level, if that makes sense. 
That makes total sense. When you and I met, you and I are both storytellers, right? We are both talkers. So when somebody like you and I meet, and my husband calls me Chatty Cathy, right? I I talk to everything that moves because I want to find out the story. And some of my friends say, you're going to get shot. I'm like, no. Maybe I can talk that person out of shooting me if it comes to that. But we also live in a society where people are automatically fearful of everything, even at workplaces, they don't bring their authentic self. I feel like some workplaces culturally are like very plastic, like cardboard cutouts. And people are just going through the process, going through the motion, doing their tasks. Nobody really knows each other. Nobody really wants to know each other. And I've done a lot of work over the years with high-performance teams. I'm mm-hmm. working with a firefighting group in a couple of weeks. I work with a lot of first responders. Believe me, high-performance teams always get to know one another. They connect at the heart level. I, I make my workshop participants go through some uncomfortable exercises that afterwards they say, well, at first I was really uncomfortable when I had to tell something about myself or share a character compliment with a colleague. We don't do that kind of thing. And I say... High-performance teams do that all the time. They get to know each other at a deep level, and they Mm -hmm. connect with one another, and that's where the trust is built. That's where the engagement and the commitment comes Mm -hmm. out. So, yeah, it may be difficult uh, to uh, open up and share your story and ask about stories and ask about things that are beyond the head qualities. One of the five practices that Greg and I wrote about in Triple Crown Leadership, building an excellent ethical and enduring organizations, the first practice was head and heart. Most organizations hire on insufficient criteria. They hire on the basis of head qualities, which are important. But in our research, we discovered those are the minimum bar. The world's best organizations look beyond your head qualities. What's your heart? What's mm-hmm. your character? What's your emotional intelligence? That, how can we get to know each other? That's when you begin to develop a high-performance team beyond the judgmental stuff. Did he go to law school? Was he on the law review? What were his grade levels? Those are head things. The high-performance mm-hmm. teams get to the heart things. I really, really like the fact that you broke it down that way because I have always been keen on making sure we just don't hire for what businesses consider IQ alone, hire for IQ and EQ. Because some of the head stuff we can teach, some of the hot stuff is hard to teach. Character is set by the time they get to their 30s and 40s and come to you know, certain level in a career. So it's always important to get at people very young too. And I think it's so important for people to start engaging with young people, young children, and share these prose and poetry and curious verses and introduce it to younger generations so that they grow up thinking about it. Yep, I agree. Well, so, shall we dive into the third section yes, before yes, we run out uh-huh. of time? Yes, that's what I was going to suggest. Go ahead. Good. Well, uh, this third section is about leaving a leadership legacy. And one of my very favorite children in this book is uh, by uh, Nobel laureate, laureate George Bernard Shaw, uh, who was an Irish playwright. And in 1903, he wrote a dedication to his play, Man and Superman. And I think it's the dedication that is really great. And it's actually a contradiction of what Shakespeare wrote in Macbeth. 
You may remember the quote, out, out, brief candle mm-hmm. in Macbeth, where life's just a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury signifying nothing. You know, it's mm-hmm. a very negative point of view. Very negative, yes. Very Dark negative, and grim, out, yes. out, brief candle. Well, George Bernard Shaw is going to give you the opposite of that, and I'm going to read mm-hmm. it, and I, I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Go ahead. This is the true joy in life, the being used for a purpose recognized by yourself as a mighty one, the being thoroughly worn out before you are thrown on the scrap heap, the being a force of nature instead of a feverish, selfish little clod of ailments and grievances complaining that the world will not devote itself to making you happy. I am of the opinion that my life belongs to the whole community, and as long as I live, it is my privilege to do for it whatever I can. I want to be thoroughly used up when I die, for the harder I work, the more I live. I rejoice in life for its own sake. Life is no brief candle to me. It is sort of a splendid torch, which I've got a hold of for the moment, and I want to make it burn as brightly as possible before handing it on to future generations. What a beautiful imagery it creates. Mm. What this harkens for me is I remember growing up in a Buddhist country as a Hindu child, but we were educated by Irish Catholic nuns. And I sang in the choir and we would go to church. And they would always light the candle of the person at the aisle. And that person turns around Mm. and lights the next candle. To me, that is the image I always had about the meaning of life. And this perfectly, perfectly captures that. It does. I mean, think about it. Will your life be a feverish, selfish little clod of ailments and grievances Mm -hmm. complaining the world will not devote itself to making you happy? So many of us are caught in that because of the emotions. Emotions. But Shaw said, it's a torch. It's a torch, and I just want to seize it in my hand and pass it on to the next generation. That's the legacy. If everything falls apart when you leave your leadership position, you didn't leave a leadership legacy. So you need to mm-hmm. think about the people, the culture, the, the values, the purpose, the leadership style. You need to think about that so it carries on after you're gone. That's the leadership legacy that each of us need to want to pass on to the next generation, Cass. I totally, totally agree with you. And this is not just in the workplace, right? In our families, in our communities, in our workplace, in every aspect of our 360 degree life, we need to think about leaving a part of us behind through the work we do and the goodness we pass on. And that is, I'm so glad you chose this. It just evokes a lot of, uh, a lot of meaning to me. Oh, good. I'm glad. It's one of my favorites as well. I remember growing up, um, we don't study in English and end of the school year. We don't have yearbooks, but classmates have these little notebooks where we give our autograph with a message to everybody. And we all thought it would be cool to write something in English. And since my parents were English speaking, I would always go and ask my mom, what should I write? And every year she uh, gave me the same thing. As one lamp lights another, nor grows less. So nobleness and kindles nobleness. Mm. It didn't mean much to me as a child, 
But then as I grew up and I learned to read English and I started reading about who wrote this and what it means. And I read about the author, James Russell Lowell, and all the other works. It truly sits in the same spot, George Bernard Shaw's verses said, right? Absolutely. And, and we really need to think not just about uh, the material things and not just about uh, how big were the sales or the profits or uh, whatever from the organization that I ran, but what, what good is that organization doing? And how can each of us make our mark uh, on the world a little better? There's a wonderful passage in here that we don't have time to read. It's about a Robert F. Kennedy speech down when he was in South Africa, when Nelson Mandela was mm-hmm. still in uh, Robbins Island in, uh, in, in jail. And it's called the Ripples mm-hmm. of Hope Speech. And it, it talks about how few of us have the opportunity to bend the arc of history, but every mm-hmm. one of us can make little ripples out there that have some effect on other people in the world. And, and that's a matter of leaving your legacy. Are you going to be a ripple maker out there? Or are you just going to go along with the tide, with the flow? I'm, I'm for out there making some ripples to make the world a little better place. I am totally in agreement with you. And with that thought of going out there and making ripples, let's go for our final break. And we'll pick this conversation up as soon as we're back. Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. If you are looking for an outstanding keynote speaker, look no further than Dr. Cass Henry. Cass is available to speak to your company. She also offers organizational leadership development seminars and workshops. These seminars can integrate learning and development, customer service, processes, and financial growth. Positive, motivated employees care about their customers and work products. Visit CassHenry.com or follow Dr. Cass Henry on Facebook. That's KASHenry.com for more information. Organizational training does not have to be a difficult job. Visit Dr. Cass Henry's site to find out more about her organizational training curriculum development and global organizational training webinars. These informative webinars cover leadership development, career path and succession planning, financial performance improvement and change management, and corporate finance. For more information, Please visit CassHenry.com and follow Cass Henry on Facebook. That's K-A-S-Henry.com. Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You're listening to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks. How to get it just right. To reach Dr. Cass Henry or her guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. 9141. You may also send an email to Dr. Cass Henry at hotmail.com. 
Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, how to get it just right. Bob, we were talking about uh, the ripple effect and the importance of uh, leaving something behind and leaving a legacy. Um, I know our audience are very, very intently following this conversation and making notes and hopefully trying to internalize how they can act based on this. If you were to take your entire wealth of experience, both as a leader in the business world and the community, as well as author of two magnificent leadership books, what would be a nugget of leadership advice you would give them? Well, that's like, again, choosing from all my children. I know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe I can drop a few nuggets if, if, okay. if you'd be Go so ahead. kind. We've okay. already uh, covered the one about uh, being a servant leader, uh, okay. so I don't, I don't have to go back to that. Um, but I'll start with, I like to think in threes. So, okay. so, so I've got three thoughts in mind. Okay. One is uh, what I'll call your moral compass. And that comes from my knowledge that every one of us, all of your listeners, you and I, will have terrible dilemmas uh, put to us in life. We'll be asked to do something that's not right, that's unethical, that's um, illegal, that's uh, just not appropriate. And it's so easy to uh, fall prey to that. Uh, and, and so one has to have their moral compass set. People ask me, what's the most important thing I should take out of the hour I've spent with you? I would say, set your moral compass. There's an exercise we have on one of our websites. I have two websites. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can mention them later. You know, mm-hmm. One is called TripleCrownLeadership.com. And under the resources section, there's a personal values exercise. How to set your personal values. It takes about 20 minutes. It's free. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would say every listener here should write down their personal values, their moral compass, because you will be tested in your life and you'll be put under pressure. And if you mm-hmm. don't have your moral compass firmly in mind, it will be easy to cave in and do the wrong thing. And, mm-hmm. and, and the second point I would make is that, and it's kind of a corollary of the first, and, and that is there are toxic people out there. There are toxic companies. There are toxic organizations. And uh, I've had many people, and, and I was even in toxic organizations myself when, when, I, when I came in to a, uh, do a turnaround. And so you have to really have your moral compass, and you have to, have to either change that toxic organization, and there are many ways you can do that, or you have to get out. You can't stay under mm-hmm. a toxic leader. You can't stay in a toxic organization. It will sully uh, your soul. Your soul will become dark. You will become. You will move over to the dark side, Kath. So you've got yes. to avoid the toxic. And the third point that I learned, and this was not at all apparent to me for the first decades of my life, is that it's all about relationships, business. Life, leadership are all about relationships. For a long time, I was a loner. I thought I could work harder. I thought I was uh, pretty smart, and I could just do it on my own. And it is impossible. 
whether it's your significant other, your work colleagues, your small peer group, life, business, leadership are all about relationships. So your happiness and success, unfortunately, Cass, aren't going to happen overnight. Like leadership, it's a lifelong journey. And it comes through cultivating and developing those heart-level relationships. So set your moral compass, avoid the toxic at all costs, and cultivate those relationships. If I had to summarize some of the key things that I've learned in my life, it would be those three, Cass. What a beautiful, beautiful roadmap. (laughs) My sixth grade teacher gave me the best advice to this day, I carry through to life. And she's always sitting on my shoulder asking me this question in every decision I make. What is and she, it? And her advice was, if the situation you're in and what you're being asked to do is debilitating to your soul, it doesn't matter who it is, whether it's your family, whether it's your work, whether it's your country, pick up yourself and get away from that situation because who you are is a gift from God and don't squander that for anybody else. And she said, and remember, who you become in this life is your gift to your maker. Yeah. That's why it's so important for young people today to have some money set aside. I encourage uh, my -hmm. students when I talk to them to have six to 12 months of basic income in the bank. Put off that trip, that vacation. Put off that new iPhone for $1,000 from Apple now until you have a year's worth of basic income in the bank so that if you're ever in a toxic situation with a toxic organization, a toxic boss, Mm -hmm. you aren't prisoner to that because that will just, that will be terrible to your soul and to your future. You'll regret that. That is, that is one important advice I think all young people should remember as they embark on their professional journeys. And I cannot believe we are almost at the end of our time, Bob, but I really would like for you to take a moment and uh, give your website where uh, our listeners can get information as well as where they can buy your books. I'm sure they're available on Amazon because I bought them on Amazon, both the uh, printed version and the Kindle version is available, right? Well, Leadership Wisdom, Lessons from Poetry, Prose, and Curious Verse is available on Amazon. Um, It's an award-winning book. Our first book that I co-authored with my son, Triple Crown Leadership, Building Excellent, Ethical, and Enduring Organization, is also available on Amazon. We have two websites, triplecrownleadership.com, where all my blogs and white papers and my son's blogs and white papers are there. And then I have a personal website. Uh, It's uh, bobvanerick.com, B-O-B-V-A-N. O-U-R-E-K, BobVanerick.com. People can email me. I'm BobVanerick at Comcast.net. It's no charge. I love to help people become better leaders. I'm all about changing hearts and minds about leadership, Cass. That's my Thank purpose Thank you so in life. very much, Bob. And I know this is not sufficient time for us to have <laughs> all the things we want to talk about. So we definitely will plan and bring you back to continue this conversation. And from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for giving us an hour of your wisdom and your experience. Thank Appreciate you, Dr. It. Henry. Thank you to everybody for joining us this wonderful hour and helping us continue this conversation. 
uh, of lighting the lamp and using the torch to pass it on to the next generation to come so that we lead ourselves and lead others in a way that we build a society that we all want to live in and build a society that we want to leave for our children to happily live in. As you all continue to go through your days, remember, every human interaction is an opportunity for our transformation. Just like this hour has helped us all look back and figure out a way to improve our transformational journey, let's go out there and transform lives. And don't forget to start with your own. Thank you for tuning in to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, how to get it just right. Please join Dr. Cass Henry again next Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another edition of the program. We'll see you then.